I'll call to order the uh, <clears throat> regular meeting of the Peace River Town Council for Monday, January the 9th, 2017. Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, the agenda should be in front of all the councillors. And hopefully the press has, has an agenda. Um, any additions or deletions required? to your adoption of minutes. Um, we have, you should have uh, access to the minutes of December 12, 2016, regular meeting of council. And um, we'll go through that one first. Are there any errors, adjustments, clarifications, etc., that are needed on those set of minutes? Anything worth the public motion to accept as presented? Okay, all in favor of Councilor Bill's motion? Passed. That now takes us to the minutes of December 13, 2016, special meeting, special council meeting. Uh, any uh, corrections required there? Keeping me in suspense, Council. Your Worship, I would put a motion on the floor to move uh, December 13th, uh, special minutes as presented. All in favor? Passed. Any uh, public hearings, uh, Mr. Town? Your Worship. Any presentations? Uh, no, no, Your Worship. I'll take us straight to bylaws. So the first item I have under bylaws is a request for a decision regarding bylaw 1994, and this is a request to amend M1B district in the land use bylaw for the first reading. Um, Ms. Money, I, I'm assuming that you stepped up for the plate. Could you, could you give us a summary? That is correct. Uh, so bylaw 1994 proposes to amend the land use bylaw. The town has received an application to add garden center slash greenhouse and plant nursery to the mixed industrial business district. Um, our land file currently does uh, provide for this use. It defines greenhouse and plant nursery as a business used for growing and sale of a large variety of plant materials. Uh, the greenhouse is also enabled under our intensive agricultural use. Um, and I've provided a sample of greenhouse definitions from across a selection of urban municipalities in Alberta. Uh, our definition is similar to those, however, it is uh, a little bit more constrained. So what the bylaw proposes to do is update our definition, uh, as well as to amend both the M1B district, which was the requested amendment, as well as the M1 district, which is our light industrial district. Uh, if we look across the um, municipalities across Alberta, that's fairly consistent zoning that a greenhouse use is enabled within both large lot commercial as well as industrial land use districts as well as reserve districts so that would mean that we're consistent with many of the other municipalities that i reviewed 
currently it is enabled within our C2 district and our C3 district, which are primarily on the west side of town, as well as in the commercial residential district as a discretionary use. So there, and there are no additional regulations that are letting file right now for this type of use. So the, the amendment would simply broaden the, where the use is enabled and we're proposing that it is still discretionary. So the area that we're talking about is already zoned M1? It's currently the, we're not talking about a particular area, so we're talking about amending the district. The M1B district is applied to the majority of the industrial lands on the east side of the river. So all the blue highlighted areas go here. Yeah. So all, all we're looking to do is add this as a discretionary use to the area that's already zoned M1. M1, okay. Or M1B, okay. Or in this case, but we've also added it to the M1 district simply to be consistent. consistent. Okay. Is there any restrictions in terms of with that designation, the hours of operation that business could operate there? Like, just looking at plans, some of those areas are right next to or superimposed on existing residential areas. Is there any? There's no specific regulations addressing that because it's a discretionary use at the time of the development permit application. We could potentially apply some restrictions. Are you expecting plants to start growing between nine and seven in the morning? Or what? No, I was thinking that if they had a truck come in or landscaping equipment, that kind of stuff. I know my son works for a landscaper in Edmonton. They work till fairly early in the morning where there could be a disruption of people trying to sleep when they're loading trucks and hauling gravel and dumping gravel, all that kind of stuff in the morning, if it was that, that kind of landscaping business. So uh, you've, you've, um, you're gonna put, you're gonna allow that use as direct control in the Southland Hill area? Right. Well, covered in that area, but this is just a generic application, right? This is an application to amend the district. So this isn't right. an application for a specific development. And so we're not amending the, dis the district around Southland Hill? Right. Well, it, it does apply to land okay. on Southland Hill. But they'll have to get a geotech report and all of that good stuff. If the application necessitated a geotechnical report, if it were to make use of existing buildings and not propose any digging into the ground, we wouldn't necessarily require a geotech. Okay, any further questions? Okay, this is pretty straightforward uh, motion. I'm gonna take that. Sure, I'll take the motion, Your Worship. Um, so, to provide first reading to Bylaw 1994 and Amendment 2 to Land Use Bylaw 1891. All in favor? Okay. And um, I guess you need to advertise it, so we won't go to second if you don't like that. Okay. So, uh, the next bylaw for uh, review is uh, request is for decision on. By law 1995, and this is a request to amend the rezoning of 10505 89th Street in the uh, land use bylaw. And uh, if I recollect correctly, <coughs> this was a house, a residence that was zoned to to do a well, basically become a home answering service. And now the owner wants 
opposed to rezone it back to residential because they're interested in something. That's right. So the, the bylaw rezones one particular residential property or what would be residential property from direct control to uh, our residential 4A district, which is the district that's applied to all of the residential parcels that surround that property. Uh, the rezoning prior to that went to direct control was done in 2008 to enable a business and that business has since closed. So the landowner is hoping to rezone to residential so that they can sell the house and use the house as a residential property once again. And they're just looking for the first reading. Any questions? Anybody? I think this is pretty straightforward. Somebody want to take it? Uh, Mr. Neal, you make a motion to Yes, Your Worship, I would uh, put a motion on the floor for first reading for bylaw 1995 to amend the rezoning of uh, 10501 East 9th Street. All in favor? Okay, passed. Thank you. And uh, we've got a request for decision on bylaw 1996. Uh, this bylaw is intended to repeal bylaw 1982 and amend bylaw 1991 for first, second, and third readings. And this bylaw has to do with the, the water rate charge, correct? Correct. And uh, you're looking to, to uh, Basically, go from four dollars. No, you're going. What is the current rate right now on water in the town? Water and sewer in the town of Peace River. It is four four dollars and forty three cents. And you are looking to so basically. 4.6 cents per liter. You're looking to increase it by 19 cents a cubic meter and take it up to four dollars and four dollars and sixty-two cents. Correct. And this will also uh, because the water course that make use of our sewer system, uh, we will be raising the water co-op price to three dollars and twenty-five cents. A cubic meter. Where where is that currently at? Where is it? You know, I've written that down earlier today, but I don't get it with me. Um, it went up by about uh, um, uh, it was three dollars and twelve cents. That's right. Well, um, we didn't really discuss the water co-ops during the approval process. Do we uh, insert twelve cents, nineteen cents? So, so what would be the reason why they are both 19 or suggested to be 19 cents? Well, historically, they uh, they they usually got, I believe, set by about one. I think they usually within a dollar, a dollar ten of each other. But to make it more consistent and applicable, um, we felt that the increase should be the same percentage increase. For um, the co ops as it is for the, the residential water waste. But the town doesn't have to treat, treat the wastewater from the, the, those subdivisions. No, that's why the rate is, is lower. lower. But we have to pump it further out. 
something it means the cost recovery or an increase in revenues. I know when we're talking about something like water that people can control um, and when we're in a down economy I would think that there's a solid chance that that's when people are going to start conserving their water and we may not see that cost recovery. So I mean I, I'm assuming we've I, I missed the conversation about this previously but I'm assuming we've talked about that. Yeah. We just didn't talk about the water costs. And then part of the hope is that it does conserve water because the less water that we have through treatment produce, the lower our expenses are. So it's. Um, but did, we didn't see this that this past year, right? We were quite a bit down on our revenue targets for water. The water they were down. But the costs weren't. Well, I think we ran into some unexpected costs in the water treatment plant. The hope is that this year things will start to settle in as we get things, you know, more efficient operations. So that's a pretty good thing. Sorry about that. Uh, just to shed some light on it, and when we're talking about the water rates, and we have to look at it in our process as uh, you have part of it takes the plant infrastructure and that won't change no matter how much water is pumped in and out of the facility and uh, also on the wastewater treatment facilities there's a base charge there that we have to recover and so a lot of that you saw last year because we didn't use as much water but we still had that base charge there and so yes it, it's good that the town is conserving water but we still also have to be mindful that we still have that base infrastructure that we have to pay for and also look at uh, putting some money into the system so that you know we're maintaining our upgrades when we need to do and pump replacements and that sort of thing as well. Does that help answer things? Well, no, it does. I understand fixed costs and I understand that you need so much revenue to cover your fixed costs and then your variables depend on whether what your usage is and what you're you're making, right? The more you make, the more it costs you. I get that. But I guess what I'm sitting here thinking is, you know, if water continues to go up like it has, I for one am not watering my lawn. And I'm one of those people that waters my lawn every summer, even if it means I have, well, last year I ended up one, one month, I had a $600 water bill from watering my lawn. So I know going forward, I'm not going to be doing that. And I'm assuming I'm not the only one that's not going to be doing that. So I'm wondering, uh, at what point do we know whether or not this is counterproductive? Well, I think the, the philosophy in establishing this new rate was taking all the costs that go into maintaining the system and the infrastructure costs and then uh, taking that as what your total expenses are and then bouncing that off of revenue and knowing that our revenue is probably going to be down this year because we are uh, seeing less use of the water so we're not collecting that revenue 
So what we're trying to do is kind of uh, compensate for that because uh, we still have to cover the expenses. Well, I get, no, I get that, but I guess I'm just saying is, is if we are jacking it and then our water usage goes down further because then more people are conserving. I guess when you were calculating these numbers, did you use a base, did you base it on last year's usage to determine whether or not it was a break even? Uh, and this is so, so I'll interject here. Mr. McClay kind of jumped ahead because you were part of the discussion we had about water and sewer rates. <coughs> Where we talked about the philosophical notion of having a base charge um, so similar to your power bill you have a, an infrastructure delivery charge we were talking about that concept for water um, and that's something that'll come back to the council in terms of the modeling um, we used um, projections based on previous three or four years of water consumption and built that out again there's a little bit of a factor where if you increase um, the rate then you expect consumption will go down um, and we tried to build those in as best we could. It's and assuming perfect. factoring in the economy as well. So like 16 numbers would be less than 15, obviously, because the economy is worse than it was in 15. Yes. And so, you're anticipating a little bit less than with 17. Um, I believe our modeling showed a slight increase over 2016, because 2016, if you remember, significant decrease, 10% reduction in residential, 16 in commercial. Um, we project those to be a little bit better than what they were in 2016, but only by a factor of approximately one or two percent, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but it's significantly lower than, than actuals from 2015. But uh, it gets, it's, in, it's imperfect. We don't have enough data to find out what the relationship is between price and consumption. Um, and that's something that has to be fine-tuned as we go along. So are there some figures about what the average um, somehow an average residence how many cubic meters of water they're consuming per month is there a baseline number that you use there used to be a baseline number of 21.5 um miss mr McQuaid, when when we this was up during the budget discussion she used a value of 15 cubes per month and compared it to uh, a number of municipalities similar municipalities in Alberta, and we were uh, uh, mid-range. We were about the medium, uh, even with the the increase. Um, you know, it's it's twenty cents. It's nineteen cents per cubic meter, but a one cubic meter is a thousand liters, uh, so it's less than a cent cent a liter. A lot less than a cent a liter, and we given that you're probably paying a dollar fifty for a one liter bottle in the store you're doing pretty well here uh it's at 40 uh it's at four dollars and 62 cents per liter as a comparison purpose uh for comparison purposes we were also using the corvus report which was uh, developed a number of years ago and uh that was telling us we want to go to a user pay model. Um, we need to, in fact, I think the Corvus report was suggesting that we be at a much higher rate than uh, $4.62. Um, $4 I forget what their number was, but uh, it was probably more on $4.80. <clears throat> but we're trying to, the philosophy has been to try and get the user to pay 
uh, both for their usage and also the infrastructure that goes into the system. So, if, if this does not pass, um, are we just putting it off well, for a year? If this does not pass, we have to revisit the whole budget, twenty seventeen budget, because if it doesn't come from the user, it's got to come from somewhere, and it's come has to come from the general taxpayer. Like I, I don't believe nineteen cents is going to reach any any sort of tipping point where pe people are going to fundamentally change their their behavior. I attended a conference years and years ago, and I don't remember the numbers, but I I really have a hard believing that we're anywhere near the ballpark where where it's. I mean, it may, might make a small change, but not significant. Not nineteen cents. So at the fifteen cubic meter, that's about three dollars a month, right? It's actually less than three dollars. In terms of an increase, I think it's not just the usage, though, either. It's also the industry and where are we with the economy, and are they actually doing what our projections are saying that they're going to do? We don't know, right? We have, we have no idea that's a ballpark number. And it's not just the 19 cents on this one, it's also the, what was the last one? 40 cents, 43 cents on the last one. So that's at 63 cents over the last two years. But we're nowhere near where we need to be for the water wastewater system, the water rates to pay for it. That so what we've been doing is increasing the water rates so we don't have to play around with the, the with the, the general tax base, which I which is I believe where we're at. I don't I don't agree with dumping this onto the general the general tax base. Well everybody uses the water and the wastewater. Yeah, but not in the same amount of Well no, and I agree, but they're still paying over and above what the general tax base is covering. You're still paying to use that water and to use that wastewater. I don't, I don't you're paying your your rate per cubic meter to use to, to use your wastewater and your water, your fresh water. And then if it is coming from the tax base, you're also paying there. So you are paying for it. You're also paying additionally if you're using it. We're trying to get away from the general tax base. Well, I understand that, but I think at some point we're going to get to a point where we're going to see more consumption and we're going to see the revenue coming in from it. So what are you proposing this year? Flights go back to increase the taxes someplace else? Well, I, I, again, unfortunately, I wasn't here for the conversation and I, I wish I had been, but I, I don't think the answer to everything is increasing um, on something that's a consumable because it's easy for people to conserve. And if industry isn't happening and people are conserving, then we won't see our revenue targets anyways and it's gonna come from our tax base, but then we're gonna be short. Well, someone's gotta pay for the infrastructure. So, um, and, this, and this is 19 cents per cubic meter, and like I said, there's a thousand liters per cubic meter. So it's uh, 20 cents spread out over a thousand liters. And uh, your your price for a liter of bottled water in the store is dollar fifty to two dollars. So it is still a big deal, and we'd have to revisit the whole budget. This one goes down. My uh, my understanding, like I was kind of on your side, Councilor Banky, when we were doing the discussion, but the one thing that came up, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but the cost to produce the water has come up a little bit hence why we have the, the little bit of the increase as well am i correct in saying that 
That's correct. Uh, every year, like the cost of your chemicals goes up, the uh, cost of things like the HVAC filters and the water pump, those prices go up. So the not only are you paying to ensure that your infrastructure is low, but there's the operations and maintenance involved in that as well. And one of the other things that came up this year was uh, the allocation of uh, man hours that we need to operate that water plant. Because one thing uh, that wasn't reflected in the past, and I don't think you were here for this uh, as well, uh, Ms. Kennedy, but uh, one of the things that wasn't reflected that we're now operating a regional water plant instead of a water plant just for the town. And the allocation of man hours is more reflected for just the operating the water plant as a plant and not a regional water plant. And one of the things that uh, we had looked at as part of this budget was uh, we had a 0.75 uh, position that we raised to a 1.0 position to cover off kind of the closer to the actual manpower that's required to operate a regional plant. My whole, my whole understanding of like I agreed with uh, Councilman Lee Needham during the, that discussion. I was one of the ones that did not want to see the water rates go up, but because of the the cost to produce that water, that money has to come from somewhere, and that's why I kind of agreed with the increase during our budget deliberations. I, I think we had a. Uh, fairly robust discussion about this topic a week ago and I, I must say Councillor Benke that uh, I had some reservations about this and the mayor challenged me to find $131,000 in the budget and uh, red faced I couldn't find it uh, but Councillor Bird did find $70,000 for a sidewalk that he said he was prepared to give up so um, I, you know it's either got to come here or come somewhere else so uh, I think we gave this a, a fairly good work over in an earlier discussion. I'm back with Councillor uh, Manzer. It's it's a three dollar increase. Uh, I think we need to watch it. The Corvus report I think is pretty telling. I mean we've got to do some catch up, but uh, I think we need to be conscious of of these things. Uh, you're right. There are other fees that went up this year, uh, and so this this is a another small increase. Uh, Greg, though, is also you're going to bring some other modeling back to us as well, right? On our, uh, we're not going to deal with that tonight, but uh, in the future, perhaps. That's correct. So there are some options around um, the modeling these are being filling, um, and if we're worried about maintaining or, or achieving our revenues, there are ways that we could uh, change the building to reflect that and institute again a base charge to to make sure that um, low volume people or people that um, tend to consume less um, will still pay their share for the infrastructure costs and then the balance of the bill would really be for the actual transmission or water coming out of the faucet so so there are options around there again um, that'll come to council this summer for their for their thoughts deliberations and input because um, it's a, a substantive change but the information that council was given during the budget deliberations where they have the comparables he server was the only one that did not have a base charge. So, you know, there's obviously a rationale and a good reason to to consider that. Um, and again, we want to encourage consumption. Consumption's always good, but we don't want to be punished for that. And, and, and on those comparisons you presented, just refresh my memory, but it seems to me the chart 
we were right set aside the base rate it seems to me we were there was six communities over and seven under or it was seven over and six under i can't remember which but basically we were right in the middle of the range but that's correct of the comparables and those comparables were were towns of a similar size uh, to us so mr mayor i would be willing to put forth um, a motion so i move that um Council give first reading to bylaw 1996, the utility rate bylaw. Okay, uh, all in favor? Can I just clarify that motion was made? Because for bylaw 1996, it's bylaw to repeal 1982 and amend 1991, so it's not actually called utility rate bylaw. Can you identify? As long as we know it's utility rate bylaw somehow. So it's not the utility rate bylaw because the utility rate bylaw is the first bylaw, so this is amending that bylaw. So we're amending it and repealing the other one. So we're amending utility rate bylaw something. What is 1990, 1911, I believe. Okay. Yes. So what is. Uh, so the motion will read in the first reading of bylaw 1996, which is a bylaw to repeal 1982 and amend 1911. Okay. All in favor? So that brings up the question I had when I reviewed this package previously related to why are water rates a bylaw not? Will they just like a council resolution? Couldn't we pass the rates as a council resolution so we're not amending bylaws? I mean, I don't, I, I'm suggesting we look at this down the road, but I just, to me, it seems a bit inefficient to, to handle it in this way rather than just going through the resolution. I've got the same question. That's something I need to uh, do a bit more work on to see what the NK will allow. Okay. Because again, perfectly if it could be stripped from the bylaw, that'd be ideal. Um, but I'm not sure if we're able to do that in Alberta. I'm not suggesting that it's being here <laughs> right now. So. so I'll put a motion to uh, give second reading to bylaw 1996. Okay, all in favor of Councilor Fair's motion? Opposed? Um, that takes us to, uh, that was second reading. Put a motion on the floor, your worship, to allow this to go to third reading. All in favor? Your worship, I put a motion on the floor for third reading for bylaw 1996. All in favor? Opposed? Um, five, that passes by 10. Um, so we've gone through all the bylaws. Uh, I see there's no unfinished business. That takes us to new business. There's a uh, Request for decision grants to groups application. Uh, and this one, the first one is a request to be a supporting partner of the Davis Business Awards. Thank you, Your Worship. Um, the Chamber has requested that uh, uh, the town become a contributing um, sponsor for the awards um, due to the economic downturn. They're finding it difficult to you know, raise the sponsorship for 
for this event. Um, they're asking for $1,750 um, to be a partner. They're asking that other municipalities to do the same. Um, in the past, council has um, supported this activity in the, in the amount of $1,000. And administration is recommending that uh, council choose option number two, which is to provide a sponsorship of the levels provided in 2016. Discussions. So, uh, I, do, I do realize that this money just comes out of the general tax base. So, so we we have trouble raising funds as well. Part of the rationale that I used when recommending the $1,000 was that you know, we're all trying to trouble. Am I correct in saying that uh, council grants the group fund is currently depleted? Mm -hmm. No, it's a, new, it's a new budget year. That's, so that's already. So we're starting off by a proposed $50,000 amount of money for grants to do. Well, I know they're selling tables for the event. What's the table worth? Um, tables are worth uh, four hundred and fifty dollars for table of eight, and tickets to the show are sixty dollars. So the the if, you, if the town purchases a table, that includes the tickets. I believe that's how it works. I'm not positive. I, I didn't see that detail in their request. There's some reservation. I think we need to support the chamber. I mean, they're the heart of the business community. I'm not sure who's in, who's out, but I think it's important. I think we were left very poor, uh, and we consider poor if we didn't, uh, didn't at least give us a thousand bucks if we didn't put it in matter. So, well, I was just wondering, would council be interested in uh, dropping the uh, the cash donation support to 500 and then purchasing a table? I would rather just see the donation because as soon as you buy the table, then there's a cost associated to them for that. If anybody wants to go, we can enable them to go. But I'd rather see us give the donation, help the event go forward. Someone going to make a motion? I would. I move that um, council um, support the Chamber of Commerce gave us business awards for in the amount of $1,000. All in favor? Opposed? Okay, passes 5 1. Next item uh, is another grants to groups application. Are we going to enable council to attend? Like, I think some should, some from the council should attend. Uh, you're making a motion to, to purchase a favor table in addition to the well, or, or at least enable part of council to attend, I don't know. My, my understanding of this crib notes on this says that we get two tickets. 
without contribution. So I, and that I, I, I think that's what it means. Councilor Sawchuk probably would have canceled. Cancels so Councilor Sawchuk and and his guest. So we need to enable him then to attend, or is it is it implied because we got two tickets with the sponsorship? If anyone else rules and they have to buy a ticket and want reimbursed for it, then we'd have to they'd have to be enabled to attend. Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, well, it depends if he wants to get paid if he's at the event. I don't think he'll he'll put in a claim for this one. Well, if he's got the ticket already, I mean, is he gonna? What, what is it? The twenty eighth? Mm -hmm. uh, we got it next week. We don't have a meeting next week. The twenty third, we have a meeting. Oh, we can defer that to later then. Yeah, and it all depends whether you guys want to get a table or not get a table. Okay. So do I hear a motion for a table or not? We probably should let them know whether we're I would probably go up to the people at a table, but again, I, we don't buy table just to buy one of both. I think we should just, if people are interested in going, just purchase the tickets that we need because there's not even eight of us here to go. Next one is uh, Grassy Group's sponsorship for Peace of uh, Peace River Curry and Bond Field. Well, there's your question. Uh, as known as come, come from the Peace River Curry Bond Field. They're holding their third annual bond spiel um, to raise money for MS. Um, in the past, council has provided $400 uh, towards this uh, bond spiel. This year, the current club is asking for $500. Money uh, is used to support uh, families in the Northeast region and also Canadian based research projects. And as I've noted, uh, they say 85% of the proceeds will go to the Northeast uh, MS chapter, and the remaining 15% will be used to offset expenses and incur employment funds. So, the uh, council uh, administration's recommendation is that the, that the council sponsor the MS burn bonds to an amount of $500. Anyone want to make a motion? Or? I mean, I have questions, Mr. Sure. Sure. I have any questions. I'll make the motion to uh, sponsor the MS Curling Bonds Bill in the amount of $500. All in favor? Unanimously approved. Um, there's a uh, request for a decision uh, regarding the letter of support for rotary application to the CFEP grant and the CFEP, CFEP grant stands for Community Facility Enhancement Program and this is a grant program issued by the province of Alberta uh, but it, 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 the application for the grant has to come from a non-profit organization um, and you can get a grant up to one million dollars and we would, we want to support the Rotary Club with a memora, um, with a letter. We want to support the Rotary Club in this application. So what, and Ms. Uh, Benke, I mean, Ms. Bell, you can just tell me what your recommendation is on this. 
thank you, Your Worship. Administration is recommending council provide a letter of support to the application in which we would indicate the town's um, committed financial contribution to the construction. I think this is a pretty straightforward motion. Yes. Uh, I'd be surprised if there wasn't a unanimous vote for support for this. So maybe somebody can make the motion. I'd like to ask a question first. Like, is this, this isn't what typically these grants go for, right? <coughs> the application process, if you look at it, it's specifically for this, this new component. It's a large scale for large-scale construction. So renovation, new builds, um, and quite often it would be public municipal facilities or shared partner facilities or nonprofit owned operated facilities. So it doesn't, like I, yeah. when I read the grant application stuff online, yeah. I kind of figured, well, you know, Meyer Ball wants to build a clubhouse at the ball line and Absolutely. Sort of equipment. It would yep. be that kind of smaller scale stuff rather um, than. There's two <laughs> streams now. So this is the new stream, this million dollar stream as I'm calling it, or the large scale stream. And then they have a smaller, um, more for the ball diamond upgrades or needing equipment for your ball diamond beam or whatever the case is. So this is the larger scale situation. During the task, I think, wasn't it limited to about 125,000? Yeah. Seems to me when the Outreach That's Society got some for their daycare, yeah. that was part of it. And Ms. Bell, can you tell me if um, somehow lobbying the MLA through this uh, particular grant is helpful or not? It wouldn't hurt. Um, and in our particular case, we do have two MLAs that are affected by um, our application, including the Grimshaw area, um, MDF piece is in a separate um, area than our Peace River Peace So it is definitely worth a conversation or passing along the information that we're, the Rotary Club is applying. And we've asked the other partner communities to consider this as well, correct? Correct. They've all received a, a request for a letter of support, and we've also sent a request to all the arena users and to minor soccer as a potential new user um, <coughs> via post component of it. So I put a motion on the table then to accept the recommendation of administration and provide a letter of support to the Rotary Club of Peace River for the application that they're putting in. Uh, for the CFIP Community Facility Enhancement Program application on behalf of the Peace Regional Rec Center. The next one is a request for a decision on the fire services agreement extension with the County of Northern Lights. I think this is pretty straightforward. Uh, right now we're in the middle of negotiations on this particular uh, agreement um but it probably won't be done until march 31st that's correct and you need an extension uh just a quick question in regards to this extension and i know we had some discussion in regards to schedule c which is on page 21 of 23 of this of this uh document here but under the medical services co-response um it doesn't match our current uh schedule c so this hasn't been amended yet. It still talks about the uh, medical co-response with EMR, where we're actually not providing that service. Isn't this the original agreement, though? 
that's is, included is the original agreement, not the amendment that's proposed and amended. So this is the agreement from 2011. Yeah. yeah, we've had some discussions with County Northern Lights after we amended the Schedule C for the Town of Beach River, so we're actually not providing the oh, EMR service. Yeah. So are you able to speak in regards to that, Mr. Harris? Uh, Mr. Harris, we never ever extended emergency or medical open spots out there. No. So this this should really restrict is what you're saying? Well, it should, should the service that we're providing out there is the schedules because this is a this document here is a copy <coughs> of the old schedule C that we had for the Peace River Fire Department. So we're, we're only trying to extend it for three months. So this is what the agreement said, but but in practice we never issued sent co-response out there. Uh, certainly not on a regular basis so I would imagine that by practice this is not what they're expecting so we so we, would we just need to reiterate that it's an extension based on the current level of town to server service I guess maybe we could say that yeah and that would just reflect our own because the document is the same it would be just the, the tweak there because um, it's the same schedule C in our current uh, level of service so what's your motion to approve uh, uh, to approve the extension of the fire services treatment with the county of northern lights to march 31st 2017 as per what, what was your word um, current town of Peace River service level. Uh, what is it called? Service level. Level of service. Level of service. Yeah. Because that's what we changed, right? Was yeah. Town of Peace River level of service. Okay. Move to accept an extension of the agreement that helps extend the fire services agreement with the county of Northern Lights until March 31st, 2017, as per current town of Peace River level of service. Sure. I'll make that motion. Okay. All in favor. Uh, the next one is a similar one. This is uh, extension of fire services with the MD of Peace 135. Um, we'll, uh, I think it's pretty straightforward. We'll let Mr. Ford do the honors here. I'll make that motion as well to extend that uh, fire services agreement as presented. to extend the current memorandum of understanding for fire services with the MD of Peace 135 to March 31st, All in favor? Unanimously approved. Uh, this, this is uh, approval of the 2017, so request for a decision on the 2017 operating and capital budget. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Town. Thank you, Your Worship, and within your agenda package is the report that um, has the motions and, and we give effect to them. Um, you've also received copies of the 
tentatively or potentially approved um, budget, which again is not just a financial document but a communication tool that discusses council's priorities, um, plans, and objectives for the upcoming year. Um, so several meetings were held in November and December um, to do the deliberations. Um, good discussions. Council um, had lots of questions and and uh, input and, and made some decisions regarding this. Um, and the end result, and it's really important to, to emphasize this, and I want to reiterate it whenever I can. Um, at the end of the day, in the absence of knowing where assessed values are, we're expecting reductions in assessed values. But the required tax burden, where the amount of money is required from residents, is essentially the same in 2017 as it was in 2016. So that means, you know, typical households or properties will um, have similar tax bills to what they had in 2016. Um, you know, so of course that's that's important. That will be fleshed out once assessed values are known and the tax rate is set. But you know, if you look at the aggregate amount that the town needs, it's essentially the same as 2016. So you managed to um, approve a budget that had significant um, service level initiatives. Uh, which included, you know, quarter million dollars additional funding for the new multiplex, uh, peace officer positions, um, new monies for pavement crack sealing. And the this peace officer position. No one's on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> peace officer. A peace officer. Yes. Um, you know, additional monies for Canada One Fifty celebrations. Um, Tourism, additional money for the Mighty Peace Tourism Association, maintenance for the town hall, um, plus the capital budget of um, just over $22 million, which is all um, funded through existing taxes. So again, um, significant amount of, of uh, work was done there and, and council did well to, to maintain that required tax levy from, from residents. Um, so there are some summary type information here. So there's a consolidated budget summary um, as part of this agenda package and it's again echoed or mirrored in the budget document and the 2017 capital budget with showing um, funding sources um, that will be utilized to, to get that work done. So there's three recommendations there. Uh, for council to entertain if they're so interested and I'd be able to take any questions if, if you have any. So if I were to, if we were to bottom line this for the community, is it fair to say that their 2017 municipal tax bill should be plus or minus a few dollars the same as their 2016 tax bill? Yes, yes, in effect it, it should basically be the same. And. Uh, of course, we're uh, talking about the, the municipal tax bill. Uh, you can't make a statement about the education tax and the housing tax that is brought in by two different governing bodies, but is collected uh, via our tax bill, or is, uh, is uh, yeah, I think collected is probably it. Word. Yeah, we are. We don't set those. That's correct. We act as a collecting agent for those. They're set by other parties, and we are um, 
solely the, the ones that collect and remit on their behalf. And that makes up, I don't have the exact number, um, that's approximately 20 25% of, of the tax bill is collections for other parties. So if, if, their, if their tax bill is a plus or minus a few dollars for their 2016 bill, they look closely at the education tax and the housing tax. That's correct, and that's something that um, as the tax bills go out, we will throw a communication piece in there, um, letting residents know that if there is an increase, uh, where to look, because it's either changes to assessments or changes to these third-party entities um, that um, are, are on our billing. So, you know, it's not necessarily going to be because of the town if the tax bill does change. Um, there are other factors at play. And then at, at the risk of stating the obvious, if someone undertook major renovations of their home and their assessed value goes up, then they're going to, they will see a difference, but that will be because of the assessment change, not, not the, tax, the taxes. That, that's correct. So I, I do want to be careful. I don't want to say there's a blanket that everyone in town will pay the same taxes as they did in 2016. There will be circumstances, again, depending on their own personal changes in assessed value, where they might be paying more or less. Um, and again, assessments are not absolute across the town. Some certain neighborhoods will get a higher uh, assessment value change, some will be lower. Um, but again, the aggregate tax bill required from all the properties is, is essentially the same. But there will be circumstances, and I'm going to assume somewhere between 15 to 20 percent uh, properties will have changes that might be, you know, one or two percent more than, um, you know, plus or minus. You know, and those will be the ones that we really have to communicate with to let them know why why there could be a change in their tax bill. Um, and, and again, you know, we'll just reemphasize that the amount of money that the town needs to, to govern the town essentially change or it has stayed the same. And we were able to hold the line, so to speak, this year because would it be fair to say because of cost efficiencies that you found and also uh, develop the development of a cost sharing agreement with the surrounding municipalities to share the cost of the municipal airport which we which we as a town used to bear solely by ourselves that's correct um, bringing our municipal partners in for airport funding was a, a significant achievement uh, it's over four hundred thousand dollars and again that was um, the primary reason why we were able to uh, constrain any uh, uh, tax levy increases this year. Um, you know, this is really that one achievement was, was the offsetting factor. So in the um, documentation here on page 113, there's a three-year operating budget. Could you speak to that a little bit? I can. So one of Council's strategic priorities or initiatives was uh, the creation and presentation of a three-year um, operating budget. So we do a five-year capital plan, and that's something that the town has done consistently. Um, but the inclusion of a three-year operating budget is new. I do want to emphasize that the current year is based on the um, soon-to-be-approved budget. The future years are um, for <coughs> real forecasting and planning purposes only. So they do show um, in their known items that are coming up. So for example, if council has approved the service level initiative and we'll use this Canada Day 150 celebrations, that's a single year item. 
it's used in 2017, falls off the books. That's been removed for 2018-2019. Other known items, um, and I'll use the multiplex as the example because this will be the big one. Um, there's going to be significant um, operating costs that'll be shown or are being shown in 2019. Um, so there's operating increases there, both from a staffing, utility, materials and supplies, and a debt cost point of view. Um, but there'll be an offsetting reduction or or change um, the money that we're currently recouping for the construction of it. That's assuming it'll be switched to operating uh, funding to to do that. So those items have been built in, and again, I want to re-emphasize strictly for forecasting and planning purposes only. These are not um, approved, um, you know, and there's a significant amount of assumptions reasonable assumptions that are built in. So for example, you know, across the organization, we assume a 3.1% increase in salaries and wages. That doesn't mean that that will, is what will happen in 2018, 2019. Um, and that does factor in potential wage increases for existing staff, plus the potential inclusion of one or two new staff positions um, in any one year. I don't know what those are, um, but again, it seemed prudent to to try to have a percentage increase that could potentially factor those in. And again, looking historically, um, staffing has gone up by between two and a half to four percent in any one year. So that was a reasonable number. And again, those assumptions are made throughout. Um, but again, you know, we are able to look at this and, and say, okay, well, these are the known items we have coming up. Um, it does model out to a little bit of tax revenue um, changes, which we are showing um, to be in about the 3% range for potential um, tax rate increases. And again, you know, any new construction, new properties that would eat up part of that 3%. Um, and that again assumes that council doesn't constrain spending in other places or find alternative revenue streams, which I suspect in the future under um, expected MGA changes um, may be an option for the town through our intercollaborative uh, municipal framework. Um, which will probably likely come effective towards 2019. So in terms of our, well, our carbon levy tax, whatever it is that's now in effect, um, that impacted the 2017 uh, budget. Do you want to, does it change over 2018-19 perhaps or no? It, it does. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so that, that's been built in. Um, in 2017, the impact is not as, as great as one would think. Excuse me. We have um, budgeted the low high for, for most of our utilities in budget in 2016. So going to 2017 wasn't a large percent to percent increase. Um, but those expected increases have been built into this this modeling um, also. And again, you know, it, there, there are assumptions. We really don't know where the price of, of utilities will be in the near future, but we expect them to be at a higher increase, um, you know, partially because of uh, the, the carbon um, uh, levies imposed by the province. Any other questions for Mr. Town? <coughs> I, I, well, I, I just a quick comment, Greg. I, I, I enjoyed the, the document. I, I thought some of the enjoyed reading and I think you, you did a great job. Um, some of the footnotes in here I found uh, 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 
Well, of interest, and, and uh, I think rate peers will as well. I, and I guess I would point to the one on the ski hill. And I, for the life of me, I can't find it right now. But there's a comment in here where it talks about the other contributions that the town makes to the ski hill, i.e. payment of the utilities, payment of the insurance, and I think there's another item. And I, I wish I could find the page where I was on, but I'm just drawing a blank. But uh, I thought those little footnotes throughout the document were, were quite helpful. Yeah, and again, that's page 47 if you're interested. Just again, it's just one paragraph. It really lays out our financial contribution, but that's the intent. It's to give uh, the residents, plus council, um, a greater understanding of, of what the town is spending, or is required to spend. Uh, right, and I, I guess perhaps, I, if you allow me to digress, I, I think what put my attention on that one, that was, uh, I can remember attending a Chamber of Commerce meeting uh, some time ago, and, uh, there was lots of comments about uh, why why doesn't the town council support the ski hill uh, you know, and this was I'm digressing now a year and a half ago or a year ago and we've made uh, considerable progress on that front but to see that in the document I I think uh, I think that's a real plus well I see that you uh, like the document uh, perhaps you'd like to make the honor, uh, take the honor and make the honor. Uh, yeah, I should have known that I should have kept quiet sooner. I, I do so do see some verbiage uh, as presented by administration, but I perhaps might try something else. Uh, my motion would read, uh, or I would suggest to council that my motion would be to approve the 2017 operating and capital budget as described in the budget document named Town of Peace River approved 2017 operating and five-year capital budget as presented to Council on January the 9th, 2017 at 18.05 hours. Okay. All in favor? Yes. Well done. So we are now at, uh, you, you can drop the mic now, Mr. Town. <laughs> and we'll have Ms. Bell take over for now. Uh, that takes us to reports, check registries. There's uh, five of them, one for December 7th, one for December 12th, 20th, December 21st, and January the third 2017, that latter one. So um, any questions on those check registries? If we get this VoIP system, which is now part of our budget, um, will our telescale go down or not? Substantially, it'll be a significant um, financial reduction plus an improved service um, that both staff and residents will be able to uh, it'll be very clear it'll be a, a much more improved system and significantly cheaper than what we're paying for now so are there any questions on the, well, I, on the check? I always wonder I'm not in Canada what is that for what is that I don't even know what I keep thinking of that iron mine they're talking over in Clearwell County, and I know I'm pretty sure we're not giving them anything. Iron Mountain, I don't know what the amount is. They do the paper shredding? 
on-site paper shredding for us? Maybe a motion to accept the check levies fees. I'll make that motion, Worship. Uh, second item under reports is the RCMP WAD report for November 2016. Then we also have the RCMP photo enforcement stats for November 2016. The RCMP speed board report for Crenshaw, Peace River, and Napa from September to November 2016. And if nobody has any questions, maybe somebody could do an omnibus, omnibus motion to accept uh, items under reports uh, for uh, 9, 9.2 to 9.4. Well, that's, I have a comment, that's a question. I'm amazed at how many people speed and how fast they're going through, like those speed reports. Like a third of the drivers are speeding. I go, what the heck? It's no wonder uh, people are trying to slow, slow down or traffic enforcement. It just boggles my mind. Perhaps it's because uh, we're we're a wealthy community and we all have high performance in cars. <laughs> okay, are there, so Mr. Ford, you're making a motion to accept these uh, 9.2 to 9.4 information. Sponsor? That actually takes us down to, there's uh, 11 information items. There's, a, there's an email from the Alberta Urban Municipalities Association dated January 5th regarding uh, looking for feedback on the amendments to the Municipal Government Act. I believe uh, you had a question on this, Deputy Mayor. Um, I'm just wondering if uh, we have reviewed it and if we have any further comments to it. <coughs> Are you speaking directly to me or to administration? <laughs> I'm using the royal we, so it could be anyone. <laughs> and I guess the question back to, uh, to you would be, if we made a comment, would it make a difference? Uh, in the big round, probably not, but so at least we should look at it. Are we making a, uh, a submission? So that, that's in progress. I actually do have two items that I want to, again, just reinforce. Um, I'm hopeful that they might be considered, but um, and they would be what? Um, again, mostly towards uh, linear assets and the concept of um, you know the, the concept of sharing those across municipal lines. Um, and one is a clarification item that I have uh, regarding their their requirement for three-year budgets and. And if they're going to clarify that, if that's within the MBA outside, and um, we'll do a further review to see if there's anything else that would be um, specific towards the town. Maybe items on policing and the arbitrary number of 5,000, population of 5,000, raised for policing costs. Well, well, those don't. So, you know, those those will be at least three items that we. What about the partial uh, or differential taxation rates? Um, for vacant buildings as opposed to uh, 
something that uh, I've seen in other jurisdictions um, and that could be brought up as a part of the uh, our response. It makes, it makes sense for them to consider giving municipalities those power, those um, powers because um, we have limited options and what we can do in terms of uh, vacant buildings that sit vacant and, and derelict and not unsightly but you know we, we have a few things that we could do and this is something that could give us some powers to, to try to do that and and uh, improve our town. You'd have to tie that into the regulations. I, I doubt they've changed the act now, but if, if you're talking about making suggestions for revising the right. regs, that would definitely come because they're still working on those. My and that's correct. They could add anything at any time. Yeah. But, uh, but you're saying, Mr. Burr, that they've adopted the act. Uh, it's been. It's gone through reading. It's just waiting to be proclaimed. And it's unlikely to, to be changed. I, I read it. You haven't had third reading yet. But. Well, I think it has been approved. I think it's been approved in the legislature. And I believe that we made some comments and they never, never incorporated them into the uh, act. I, I haven't read it yet, but I'm sure they did. <laughs> okay, so there will be. Uh, there will be a response from this community to the ADUMA by, I think their deadline date is January 28th or? 31st, I believe. January 31st, um, where we'll, uh, we'll make some comments both on taxation, operating budgets, and uh, what was the first item? Um, taxes, policing, and budgets. All policing, yes. Definitely try and get that one in there. Um, yeah, if we if we can eliminate policing costs, we may never have to see another tax increase in the next four years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's a letter from the Minister of Infrastructure and Community dated December 7th. Uh, this is from the Federal Minister of Infrastructure and Community. Um, is there any follow-up that we should be uh, uh, doing on this letter, Ms. Bell? Oh, she disappeared. She knew I was going to ask her this question. So this is this is uh, so. In it, he said that uh, there will be there is a um, there is a new Building Canada fund. But the projects, we have to apply through the province for this federal new building fund. Is that what other people understood? Yeah, and just to know, I'm just your worship, I think it might be part through this grant uh, that we might be looking at trying to include uh, a solar component to the rec facility and see if we could get that funded. Uh, through a portion of this thing. You couldn't get them to pay for the whole bloody building? It's a new building. <laughs> we'll try for what we can get Okay, so but we need to go through the province, right? Is that what I am 
That's what I understood it. I would encourage you to provide your proposals to Alberta Infrastructure so that they may determine whether it should be prioritized for funding consideration. Yeah. And that's my understanding as well. And we're, so I, I'm assuming from your comment, you're on top of this. Yes, we uh, kind of uh, discussed this a little bit today uh, with uh, the architect. So we're trying to get on a priority list for the provincial government's infrastructure plans for amateur sports. No, new building. This isn't just for amateur. This isn't just for sports. This is a new building plan. Yeah, so well, it's part of the Building Canada Fund. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'm, I don't think I'm reading the right thing. Um, paragraph four, your proposed project for the Peace Regional Center, etc. And under this program, proposed projects such as community centers that support amateur sports must first be prioritized by the government before they are submitted to. So are we putting a twist on the amateur sports aspect of it? And with climate change yeah, and all that stuff. So, uh, so are you making a motion, Deputy Mayor Mazur, for administration to pursue uh, to make a submission under the new Building Canada Fund for our uh, new arena, for the for the new recreational complex? Uh, yes, I am. Do, do you want to read that? Motion do you back? want to read that? <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I just interject for a second before there's a formal motion? And this is Ms. Bell's back. She can talk to this, um, but I'll just. Um, I know Ms. Bell is looking at the criteria for these projects. And again, we're just trying to confirm some information. We've heard that we can have a maximum amount of projects through the Building Canada Fund. And, um, you know, if we were to put this one through, what does that mean for future projects um, and whatnot? So, you know, a motion, we are, it's something we are working on pretty diligently, so I don't know if a motion is required. But. And I actually have on my um, work plan for this project, for this application process to come to council on the 23rd with more detailed information okay. so that you were, though I appreciate the motion, don't get me wrong, because um, <laughs> it's, it's a very viable option for this particular project, but you also need to know all of the detailed information, whether or not this has any implications to our ability to apply for any other future projects that you may choose to prioritize over this one. I can't believe I said that out loud. Um, but it is accurate and I would hate for council to proceed on an application that later on uh, we might have made a different choice. So if you don't mind holding off on that motion until the 23rd. Excuse me? Just to put a bit of a difference then, the, in December I attended the meeting with the transportation minister in Red Deer, one of the things that he pointed out at the end of the meeting is with with the carbon tax coming in, there's going to be a bunch of money collected by the province, which the departments are all going to be fighting over. One of the things that, that, that potentially money could be earmarked for enhanced, well, like, you know, Jim mentioned uh, solar stuff, which our part of but there could be up the possibility, and I'm just throwing out there, like for increased inflation over and above the whatever standard we're going to, which would then, you know, I think it's going to more of these long term operational costs of the facility. So we should keep an eye on that ball to see where the process is going at like that. 
right now, the way that the minister, uh, Brian Mason talked about those discussions in terms of where that money is going to go, that's going to be happening like January, February of this year, and then down the road we'll, we'll see that. So we need to kind of, if we can, season and, and access some funds for that as well as a possibility. And I, I believe there will be other grant opportunities that we'll always be staying on top of throughout the whole process. Um, just to note also there are soft costs that are outside the scope of the construction of this facility. So uh, simple components that will be needed like basketballs and nets and those internal components. So we'll be looking for other grant opportunities for those elements also. So there'll be a, a list of grants that we'll proceed with over the next year and a half. So the third one was a letter from the Electoral Boundaries Commission uh, uh, asking for people that were that are interested in serving on that committee, I believe. Isn't this isn't this the one where you could write a submission or turn up on the Peace River one and say what you think about the the electoral boundaries for this province? It was a pamphlet handed over in, yeah. uh, in, in all, well, I received one in my mailbox. I think January 19th or something. Yes, and it basically described it. But I, what, I, what I found interesting with the pamphlet was there was really no description of what the proposed boundaries are going to be. I, I would have thought they would have had a, a, a blue map and a red map, and uh, I, it was just come to the meeting. Map. encourage you to participate in this public consultation. You may participate by preparing a written submission or by making a presentation at one of the public hearings. The dates and locations of which will soon be announced. <coughs> Please visit our website at abc.ca for information as to how or when you may take part as we travel through the province gathering feedback on how to best update I think generally this, um, I'm not sure there's really a, a, a big issue here, but when we get into, uh, well, I'll speak to North Peace Housing as an example, where you've got 12 municipalities and you've got two MLAs, or let's talk about our arena project, again, where we've got, uh, we're going to be looking at the provincial government, we're writing to two, two MLAs. I mean, so in that instance, wouldn't it be nice if the Grimshaw area was represented by the same area as, as we are. And I, I could suggest there's pros and cons to that, but um, in the North Peace Housing uh, example, um, if I could come back to that, what happens is we have competing projects within the zone. So we have a business plan where uh, you know, Peace River and Grimshaw may, or, well, Peace River may be uh, a bit of factory this year, and down the road it's, it's, it's Fairview. And uh, of course, um, we put the MLAs in a difficult position sometimes because we need them to support us and, and they know the community competitiveness that goes on on many fronts. So uh, if this boundary, you know, I'm not sure if this is ever going to resolve that issue, but uh, I guess if it was one MLA, it might, might take away some of that competition. Just my thoughts on the topic. So you'll be making a submission. Well, I, I, I don't know if I'd make a submission. I was going to attend and I, I 
totally expect the taxpayers to pay me to go. I will just attend on my own. Yes. It's in the Record Gazette advertised the last couple of weeks. Is that correct, Connor? <laughs> <laughs> and it's in Peace River. Connor, you don't read the paper? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in Peace River, so. Didn't mean to put you on the spot there, Connor. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's the uh, amended municipal planning commission uh, minutes for October 17th to November 17th are available um, and councillor or deputy mayor manzer uh, wanted the letter on the pine the request for pine beetle mitigation funding to be inserted in the information category is there any any follow-up you want out of this no other than just it's information as to why some of the council would have attended the um, NAEL, the Northern Alberta Elected Officials uh, Group meeting. It's not, this is the sort of thing that they talk about and advocate for. Uh, the next item was uh, Make the Peace Foundation uh, thank you note for uh, the uh, donating $500 to their uh, to their organization. Was this out of the grants to groups? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, we don't oftentimes get a thank you from, from, uh, from the people that we, uh, we give grants to. Um, and, uh, num item number seven is from the Peace Region Midwifery, uh, both a newsletter and uh, just an email keeping us updated on their activities. Uh, number eight is a letter from Arnold Beerson, our member of parliament, uh, railing against the carbon tax. I don't know how else you characterize it. Uh, email from Bernard Anderson, uh, December 23rd, 2016, Alberta Rural Physician Action Plan online survey. Is there any follow-up we need for that, uh, Ms. Pinky? No, I think it's just a, it was just letting us know that it's coming out. Okay, and so <coughs> are you going to be doing the survey for us or are we expecting administration or is it, is it even worthwhile doing the survey? Well, I think it's always probably, it's always worth getting insight. I'll email our contacts on our top and ask them who they want the response to come from or if we can do multiple responses. Okay. Uh, item number 10, uh, Make-A-Wish Northern Alberta Foundation event. This will be January the... So they sent out a... Remind uh, me about this. So usually people will send out a package to us. Um, I expect they're going to you color your hair pink and then get a shave. And this is to support kids yes. with cancer. Yes. And um, 
Contemporary School and the Peace River High Cosmetology Program are, are they actively engaged in this? They've received these packages, but these air mask cure packages. I don't think they've actually asked us, they just want us to promote it okay. in, our, in our communities. So, uh, Mr. Dietrich, will you, uh, I don't know what to do here. There's no point in promoting it if if Peace uh, River High and Glen Mary aren't involved. Uh, just a quick question for Mr. Harris. When does the fire department or the association do the hair for a cure that we do locally? Do you know the dates almost? Uh, I don't know the dates. It's not something we do. It's just it's done by a previous member. It's just totally separate. Yeah, so I, I know the member is this is not the same thing though. Do we know when that hair because I know the community does the hair for your cure for the for the cancer uh, to raise money for cancer. I'm just wondering if anybody knows a date on that. So I'm just wondering if it is it did this conflict? Yeah, well, this one is in January, right? January 23rd. Oh, yeah. Fundraisers kicks off on January 23rd and the actual event is January 23rd. The hair massacre is on February 24th. It's easy enough for us to promote this through our website and Okay. Why don't you do that? Yeah. Make it so just for you. Uh item eleven, brochure for the Peace Regional RCFD Community Advisory Committee. You want to speak to this, Mr. Ford? Uh, it's just uh, some of the uh, just the new pamphlet that's coming out, and it shows some of the uh, uh, the successes that the committee's had, as well as uh, trying to do some more recruitment for the committee. So maybe a, a motion to accept item ten point one through ten point eleven inclusively for information. Someone want to make that one? I so move. Any notices of motion, Mr. Tom? There were none. You were We'll ask the press what the what they think the key messages should be out of this this uh, council meeting. Anything else you think should be highlighted, Mr. Dietrich? 
They're already on our Twitter feed. Yes. You and Donald Trump, you guys are right on the mark. Hey, great. Um, we will uh, we'll recess and um, for about 10-15 minutes. And I believe I have an appointment.